It's Normando FAMA. Glad to be back on air. Back with DB. When will be the next pregnancy scare? Normando FMA, 5:22 p.m. I think this is a new. I think this is a new time zone. Correct me if I'm wrong, listener. GST. I think this is our first broadcast from what is the capital of Jalisco. That's right. It is Guadalajara. What is Guadalajara? I miss Jeopardy. I do miss Jeopardy. I used to watch a lot of Jeopardy. And um, shout out to Alex Trebek. This brought he's in loving memory of Alex Trebek, of course. The immortal, really is immortal host of Jeopardy. Um, we thought he was immortal till last year when he died. But, of course, he's hosting his own very special Jeopardy up in heaven. With, probably he's got, who would he have? Probably Aristotle. Martin Luther King and Gandhi. Aristotle would definitely win. No, I think Martin Luther King would win. Gandhi would probably be too, too famished to answer correctly. What is? I'm so hungry. Um, really happy to be back on air. I really am. It's been too long. It's been too long. We had uh, another excellent Easter weekend. <laughs> you know, we've we've had a good streak of Easter weekends these last 29 years as a non-celebrating half Christian, half Jew. We, we take the time every Easter to appreciate, to eat, we do usually partake in the candy aspect of Easter. I do like that. Um, but a lot of times it's just kind of enjoying a nice weekend. And we're down to do that just about every seven days. And um, we did so this weekend. We're glad our, our sister station did as well. We've got a lot to get into. But let me just paint a picture. I'm sitting on a shady, a little, a little shady park here. I've got palm trees. I see some coconuts. I see what looks to be like acai, actually. And I'm surprised there are coconuts. Actually, I'm looking up and I'm seeing these coconuts for the first time. I'm surprised because I don't think I've seen coconuts in Guadalajara before. Um, and number two, I'm surprised because I'm sitting right underneath the coconut palm tree. And I know from horror stories that I've heard in the past that that's not a good idea. You can get a coconut to the noggin and that could knock a broadcaster out. And this broadcaster who has a notoriously uh, damaged head, not in a, a sociopathic way, but in a history of concussions way, not a good idea to sit under a palm tree. I think I'm gonna move to this. I'm gonna move to this bench. One second, we're moving. Got to toss the flip-flops on. I don't know if that guy's crossing himself. I'm also in front of, he's not crossing himself looking at the coconut tree. There's no coconut religion here that I know of in Guadalajara. There's a church. There's also a church right here in front of me. Beautiful yellow slash burnt orange church. And uh, we'll take a picture for our Instagram. But we're in, uh, and when I use the we, once again, not, it's, it's, it's not a royal we, although I sometimes do use a royal we. Now we have a companion. And it's been a travel companion, a trusted travel companion these last when did I meet her? I met her on Christmas Eve. So you do the math, listener. It's been about almost four months. Let's see. I, I don't want to do. I don't want to. I think four months. That's right. DB. DB is back in town. DB is back in town. DB is back in town. A new town. She's been in Guadalajara for about seven days. Or she had been in Guadalajara for about seven days before I came and joined. She went straight from Mexico City. She said goodbye to Normando Femme 
Normancito in, in Mexico City, and she came straight to Guadalajara. I, of course, went to Puebla, where I had the, the famous Pueblan pig roast, uh, which is great for vegetarian, who at times adjusts to a carnivorous lifestyle imposed by others, murderous others. And then I went to Michoacan, looking for the best paleta. Well, DB came straight here. She's been here since. Beautiful monarch butterflies coming. Landing, about to land on this. Yeah, landed on the bench. Watch out for the coconuts, but little guy. Watch, your noggin couldn't handle that. One coconut, you'd be done. Um, so, we, we stayed in a hostel, Hostal Hidalgo, which is, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it. It was nice because she was already staying there and just had a bed in a dorm, but the dorm that she got stuck with, luckily, I shouldn't use the word stuck because it was fortuitous, it was a two-person dorm. The first night, she didn't have anyone there. The second night, Normancito came and snuck into that second bed. And if it weren't for, you know, Mother Nature being on the red tide, he'd be sneaking in a couple different places. But um, we were in that two-person dorm for two nights, maybe three nights. And yesterday, we came to La Esquina del Pintor. Yep, it's a, that's right. It's the painter's corner. What's that? It's an Airbnb, which is actually cheaper per person than the dorm bed. And it's in this, what was an unknown neighborhood to us. Unknown neighborhood, unknown house. It was a very adventurous travel move. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. It's a good deal. That's kind of our style. It has been since, since day one, Christmas Eve. That's been our style. We just fucking do it. And we came to the painter's corner, and as it was implied in the name, it's actually a painter's house. It's got a studio on the ground floor. Second floor is the painter's house, and the third floor are three little apartments that share a kitchen, and we are in one of them. And it has a beautiful balcony. It's actually pretty beautiful. It's, it's picturesque, I'd say. It's picturesque. Um, I wish someone could paint a picture of it, but I don't know who would do it. Um, beautiful balcony, and I have to say, this is the second neighborhood that I've seen in Guadalajara. The first was downtown, baby. Downtown. It was straight centro, and I really liked it. I did really like it. But this neighborhood, it's something special. It's livable. It is absolutely livable. It's just a normal neighborhood, quiet, residential, but also a really good mixture of some commercial activities. You know, you've got your street vendors still. I mean, I'm looking right here at Ricas Nieves y Raspadas. So that's a little ice cream, artisanal ice cream spot. I think on the other corner, we have some tacos. We've got some tortas. We've got everything you can need. We've seen a salad place. We've seen a shake place. We've seen... It, it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It has everything you need, but it's, it's quiet, calm, peaceful. Um, coconut trees right across from a church. It's literally perfect. Nice temperature. The balcony is perfect. It would be a great place to do mushrooms. But alas, we already did mushrooms. We did mushrooms on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, which is just as Jesus would have wanted. He was... I mean, we basically saw him. We're one of the few people, we were, we were tripping balls, seeing Jesus coming back from the dead. 
in his honor. Um, but no, we did, we did mushrooms on Easter Sunday. We ate all the mushrooms that there were, did all the mushroom powder that, that DB had. Um, and we were kind of regretting it because this place, I mean, we have a beautiful garden on our own balcony where we could be chill on our own, tripping balls. Um, and so we decided to, to reach out and say, we want more mushrooms. And I'm obviously gonna get into our Sunday trip, but let, us, let it be known that we're in the process of trying to get more mushrooms because it's just been, you know, nothing but good mushroom trips all over Mexico. And La Esquina del Pintor, I mean, come on, place is made for mushrooms, made for mushrooms. Um, so I just wanna let you know that Guadalajara has been treating us well. Um, it's actually been nice to see DB hang out. Today I had a somewhat, today was one of my, my days where I said, okay, I'm going to try to figure out my plan. I have to change this flight. I have a flight pending from LAX, Los Angeles. I'm pilot talk. My brother's a pilot, okay? So let me, let me know if you follow. But LAX to BOS, okay? Two international airports, some of the best, some of the best. And I've got the, the flight booked for, I think, April 15th, but I can change it. I can change it once. I can only change the date. It still has to be LAX to BOS. So I can change the date. And I thought I was gonna be able to change the date till after Yosemite, which would be late May. You know, cause now the Yosemite trip is booked. We've confirmed. It's May 20th to May 27th. Gonna be in LA, three nights, three of those nights in Yosemite, the rest hanging with, with Eli in LA. Greg, Eli, and myself. A great way to say goodbye to single Eli I mean, he hasn't been single since college, but say goodbye to non-married Eli and say hello to married Eli. I mean, he's going to get married. He's going to get married with COVID or without it. He's had to push it back a couple times. Now it's October 27th, but he will get married. I will be at the wedding and so will Quincy Jones. Pretty much guaranteed. Of course, Quincy Jones is his, his mentor and owner of the company that signed Eli. It's Quincy Jones Productions or something, whatever. Um, so we're excited for the wedding. We're excited for the Yosemite trip. It's going to be, you know, we're used to spending about maybe $15, $15 a day, $20 a day here in Mexico. We're going to bump that up by about six times um, at least. I think the, the place is just going to be, the place itself is going to be $300, $330 for three nights. So we're bumping it way up. Um, but today I was thinking, I need to figure out when I'm gonna change this flight to. The LAX to BOS flight in question. I can change it. I'll have to pay the difference if there is a difference, but it's a $180 flight and I'm pretty sure I can get other flights for that much on JetBlue. Well, I was mistaken. JetBlue's really kinda dropping the ball here. They do offer other flights, but they're operated by American Airlines and those are the only cheap ones. Those are $160, $170, $120 even. But I can't choose those for whatever reason. I can only choose flights that are 250 and up, 280 and up. So I'm gonna have to pay at least $100 to go to change that flight to LAX to Boston. So I might as well. And other flights, if I buy a new flight, it's about $100. Other airlines have $100 flights, LAX to Boston, direct. So basically, I'm saying fuck that flight. Today I looked into other options. What do I wanna do after Yosemite? Do I wanna to go to Boston for a month? 
and then uh, you know maybe take July to go somewhere else do I want to take advantage of being in LA and pop back down to Mexico for another month and go back to Boston for July maybe hang out for 4th of July with the family and be in in the, the Northeast for July and in August as I do have my first wedding of the season August 7th Dr. Ant is getting married to I don't know if her name's Christine or Christine, but I should I should figure that out before the wedding, before my toast. Um, and I think the, you know, the answer is I'm probably going to do the latter, which is potentially a bummer because our sister station, we did want to leave the option open for our sister station to join us wherever we would be in June or July. And I think June, he's going to be grounded with the spudlings. The spudlings are going to drop in mid-June, and Uncle E.T. is going to be there with the new dog, Pavlov's new dog, little Pavlov. But I think, I mean, I was looking into flights, LAX to somewhere else, and then that somewhere else to Boston. Because if I'm already going to pay $100 to get back to Boston from LAX, might as well see what I could do with a little multi-city ticket. And Google Flights helps. So do I go LAX to Guatemala for a month and then Guatemala to Boston? That would be around $400 round trip. An extra $300. Do I do LAX to Honduras to Boston? Or do I do LAX to Cairo to Boston? And be in Cairo for a month. Egypt. That's Cairo, Egypt. CST. And I think that might be, uh, that's $600, but it's very cheap once you're in Cairo. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm playing with these options for the first time today. That's basically what I've been doing. And I'm seriously considering a Cairo June. I hear Cairo is beautiful in June. Beautiful. The way the light hits those pyramids and that Phoenix, it, it, they, it, the Phoenix just glows. It glows, you know? You get that Phoenix glow, like Cleopatra. Don't really know much about Egypt or Cairo, but you know, it's, it's Africa. It's not, you know, I'm really interested in Kenya and, and Ethiopia, and DB really recommends those places. She recommends Egypt as well. But Egypt is its own kind of thing. It's a little further from other places in Africa. The flights are relatively affordable. I mean, $600. That gets me from LA to Cairo to Boston. And I feel like I could do that, you know? I'm not gonna know whether I'm financially stable or yet. I'm still, I'm, I'm gonna be financially unstable for a long time. But that unstable could rock towards stability at one point. I mean, the stability isn't really that big of a deal. It's whether I'm gonna be in debt or not. Right now, I'm not in debt. So if I'm in a little bit more debt once I'm in debt, well, that's a debt I can take. That's a debt I can debt. You swing, you catch my drift. So we just want to let you know that we're, we're thinking of all these possibilities. It's exciting, but also stressful. It really is. Um, but we're glad that you enjoyed your Easter weekend and that you were, oh, there's that Hummer. I see these Hummers and it really makes me think, who gets a Hummer? Who gets a Hummer? I mean, come on, it just looks stupid. We don't, uh, I'm sorry, listeners. We're, we're, we're not going to get, we're never going to get a Hummer sponsorship. 
you know, we want environmentally friendly vehicles, um, you know, Fiat's. We could do a sponsorship for Fiat. We could do a, a, a Fusion sponsorship, a Prius. But I don't think Hummer's ever going to contact us. So, um, and of course, we're going to talk frankly. We're going to speak frankly here because this is this is unedited raw content. This is stream of consciousness. I saw a Hummer and I I told you how ridiculous I think Hummers are. Period. Okay. Did I, did I lose some listeners over that? Did I lose a potential sponsorship? Definitely. Definitely. You know, E.T. definitely lost a, a sponsorship at some point. Um, I forget who he was talking shit about. Hinge. Hinge. You know, Hinge isn't... We're not going to get a Hinge sponsorship. I don't use it. Never used it. And E.T. has been banned twice. Okay? Unfairly. Let's, let's affirm that both times it was an unfair banning. Uh, it's, it's that executive power that hinge is known to wield it's it's borderline dictatorial the hinge dictatorship and tinder yeah tinder we could we could work with a sponsorship i mean i met the ex amore of my life on tinder okay the ex amore of my life and that's the the ex amore formerly known as wilmita tinder really has has treating us treating us trot treated you choose it's treated us well hinge not so much so basically I'm, I'm very happy to hear that et enjoyed his weekend of soaking in the sun um swinging like the social monkey he is from from gathering to gathering and let's hope that that monkey wasn't infected with with anything and infected loved ones and, and and potential marinas alike. But I mean, he's half he's halfway vaccinated, and I think it's it's really nice to kind of feel that change in weather, that change in in social environment, and to feel that excitement again. Because you're right, you're right when you mentioned that we've been feeling this omnipresent and constant anxiety and sadness that's been caused by this unexpected pandemic that Bill Gates expected it. He has the TED Talk, the famous TED Talk. But Donald Trump and Boris Johnson didn't. And neither did Jair over to my, uh, my south east in Brazil. We didn't expect it either. And it hasn't been the easiest year for lots of people. We've been lucky that our family has remained healthy and safe. It's had the privilege to be able to work from home and not have to really search for where their next meal is coming from. You know, we've been able to be in a couple different countries. We've been, you know, very, very privileged. But it's very nice to feel that sort of change that hope that tomorrow is a better day. That Easter, not only will Jesus rise again, amen, but E.T. will rise again. E.T., the famous captain, the world-renowned captain, will have a little Easter date. Love that. I really do. We're glad it went well. We're glad that there's dumplings and potential dumping on the agenda 
with the, the former tennis star. I mean, come on. Amazing. An old high school tennis star. It's, it's like a dream come true. <laughs> you know, a dream come true 20 years later. Hey, let's play some tennis. Let's get some dumplings and let's get to dumping. Really excellent stuff. So it explains why there wasn't a broadie this weekend. And it was a little vacation, a little vacation free tea. And that's totally fine because as we've said, broadcasting is, is important. It's a priority. It's absolutely a priority. But at times, we're so in the moment that it's hard to get an hour or two free to broadcast. It really is. It really is. And it's, it's as we've said, it's not easy work, you know? If you think it is, why don't you try it? You know, I guarantee that you'll start as an AM station. And that's okay. We respect our AM stations. But to get to an FM station, an FMA station, sorry. IMA and FMA. See, that's a, that's a broadcaster's error right there. And that, that's going to happen. And you just got to keep going. You got to brush, you know, let that roll off your shoulders and, and, and keep plowing forward through your broadcast. After years of practice, years of dedication, years of, of trial and error, I hope you too will be an FMA station and you can join the search. So, um, very happy to hear from our, our sister station, of course, and even more happy to hear that he enjoyed his Easter weekend. I, let's see, where did I last leave you? I see that the blah, blah, the blah, blah, blah car. Um, I did actually have my first experience with blah, blah, blah car. And I don't think they're going to be a sponsor either. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak frankly. I'm going to continue to speak frankly. So first I was rejected. As you know, my Facebook was, was not good enough. It was too Bostonian for, for the driver. She probably didn't even think I was in Mexico. I think you're right. I was rejected. Luckily, Thursday, the day before, no, actually, oh yeah, I forgot about this. So Thursday, I saw that there were other rides going out on Friday. They were new, you know, newly published. Published? Is that the right, you know, this is, once again, not sure if that's the way I should use published. Newly posted. I'm going to say posted. Newly posted rides available. Morelia to Guadalajara, Friday morning. I chose one. It was a man named Joss. He accepted me. He confirmed, we're going out tomorrow morning, you know? I think in the morning at around seven, he also said, we're going out in an hour. And then 10 minutes later, trip was canceled. I was about to walk out the door to meet up with Joss. The trip was canceled. So I popped once again onto blah, blah, car, blah, 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 car, and found another trip with a woman named Pow. Pow has a high four rating. Um, she already had a couple other passengers. She accepted me to be her, her third and, and, and last passenger. I think we were getting on a, a somewhat early start, around 11 a.m. I got there at 10.30. She got there at 10.40, texted me. I got in the car. Everyone was ready. Everyone was ready at 10.40. We got an early start to Guadalajara, which was great. Off to Guadalajara. I was sitting in the back. There was music on, windows were open. Pow was talking a little bit to the guy in the front seat. Me and the guy in the back seat were kind of just silent. I actually started listening to my own music a little bit, Carol G's new album. 
which was an ET recommendation, and it's excellent. And then we had a few conversations towards the end of the trip. Uh, the first thing that Pau asked me was, Alex, ¿te gustan las mexicanas? Do you like Mexican girls? And I said something to the, to the tune of, yeah, of course, they're, they're great girls. They're great girls here, they're great girls everywhere, you know? I don't really subscribe to the idea of, you know, this place having the best girls. It's also not really my primary, you know, motivation in being in a country, but I said something like that. Well, one of the few things I said. We talked for a bit. I couldn't really hear much of what was said in the front seat. Um, and that was it. We got to Morelia. No, we got to Guadalajara. She dropped me off. Uh, kind of close to where I was going, I guess. Not even really. She kind of dropped me off in this little ghetto area that she talked a lot of shit about. Um, and that was it. I gave her a five out of five. I actually didn't really like, I didn't like her attitude. I didn't. I asked her if there was a metro in Guadalajara. She laughed. She said, why would you want to use that? Um... She was talking a lot of shit about downtown, downtown Guadalajara. No, no, it's a poor area. It's, don't go there. I, I just seemed, she seemed elitist to me. She seemed elitist. But we had pleasant enough conversation. She was a good driver. She was on time. And that's what this app's about. Punctuality. Safety. I gave her a five out of five. I wasn't going to knock her for, for not really, you know, wanting to get a beer with her after. Gave her a five out of five. Then I saw that she had also given me my first review, because of course it was my first trip with Blah Blah Car, four out of five. She gave a world-renowned broadcaster a four out of five. Just, I sat there, I was on time, I sat in her car, I got out when she told me to get out. Didn't really have that many, you know, too much conversation with her, but it just was kind of a mutual, I mean, we didn't really talk much. She gave me a four out of five. And I have to say, I was, I was a little disappointed with that and I wanted to I mean I've, I've had a lot of rejections <laughs> I've had a lot of rejections this last last year so it all started with the sperm bank that rejected my sperm basically telling me that my genes were not good enough and that I should rethink reproducing because if people that can't have their own babies are rejecting my potential babies uh, what does that tell me these these sperm beggars people that are desperate for oh please please I want a child but my husband is infertile <laughs> I'll do anything, I'll do anything. World-renowned broadcaster comes over, Normancito. Oh, yeah, I'd love to help you out. I really would. Here's, I'll donate all the sperm you need. Make sure that, you know, you can, uh, you can bring that spudling into the world. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, not, not you. No, I'm sorry. We've rethought it. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even get past it. I didn't get to the second, the second step, second phase. I got rejected in the, the initial questionnaire, the sperm bank told me, ah, uh, your genes, they seem okay, but they're not really for our clients, you know? We're sorry. I got that, that was, that was a pretty deep rejection, down to the very deepest core of my, my being, my, my DNA, the rejection of my DNA. You know, I, rejection from blah, blah, car, rejection from Facebook support groups for not being Bostonian enough. It's just, it's, it's getting to be too much. So, so regardless, we got to Guadalajara safe and sound, thanks to Pau. 
I gave her that five stars. Really wish I didn't, but um, met up with DB at the hostel. Uh, I think we went out for, I don't know what we did the first day. We might have gone out for a drink. I do remember. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. I think it was Friday or Saturday night. We went to a fucking fire. Absolutely fire. Cuban salsa place. Live music. And a dollar, a dollar fifty cover. But well worth it. Well worth it to support the support the musicians. And there were probably 20 or 30 of them on the stage just blaring away. Excellent salsa music. Lots of dancing. Not very COVID-friendly place. Um, family place. You know, they're all different generations. They're grandmas, children. Lots of people to infect. And... It was great. It was great. That night, there was a little thing with one of the guys. So, you know, as, as we've mentioned, how many different potential captains, wannabe captains, um, have sized up DB as a potential marina. And they've, you know, she's had these guys fight over her. She's had this other guy, this Italian guy, who supposedly, and this is, he was supposedly a little different, a little more normal. DB kind of went out with him one night. She thought that it was good because other guys wouldn't, wouldn't you know, um, try to hook up with her in the club. And she had a, a an innocent, really kind of um, what's it called when there's no sex? What the fuck is that called? Sexless. Let's just use the word sexless. Night with this guy. Um, platonic. You know, a, 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 just a friend. And she did talk about how good-looking he was because all these girls, I guess, wanted to dance with him and he might have hooked up with a the girl there. And she was talking about, you know, somehow she told me about how good-looking he is. Very attractive, very attractive. But also a little bit weird. She did say he was a little bit weird. Um, but supposedly this guy was texting her that night, the salsa night, and wanted to meet up with, with her. And she told her, she told him that she was with me and didn't really say who I was, but I was a friend. And I guess what happened is when we were walking back from the salsa place, we walked past a bar and looked in and I guess he was in that bar. We did not see him. I might've, I don't know what the fuck he looked like. Just knew he was very, very good looking. DB did not see him, but I guess he saw DB and he saw this very radio host, Normancito. And when we got back to the hostel, this guy started calling and video calling DB constantly. And she ended up talking to him and he was very pissed and upset and sketchy with her about how, you know, she ignored him and he wanted to see her and whatever. Next day, he said, can I talk to you? I need to tell you something. Can we speak in person? And I guess they got a coffee and he told her, you know, I just have a crush on you. And, you know, I wanted to see what, you know, then you, you walk into this place basically and ignore me and you're with this guy and are you fucking this guy and all this stuff. I know I can't be angry, but it was just upsetting and whatever. So this was another guy who, who got captivated by the DB stare. The DB stare which is, you know, it'll get, it'll get anyone. It really will. It'll get potential captains. It'll get, I mean, it got me. And I'm, I'm up there on the, on the, on the captain's radar, on the, the roster. 
but it'll get the weird captains too. I mean, it's the, it's, you, you meet her and she kind of stares into your eyes and listens to what you say and maintains eye contact. You do that to a weird guy and he thinks he's gonna bang you. But even if you do it to an FMA broadcaster like myself, I mean, I thought from the very beginning, this girl might be into me. She wasn't until later, but I thought, I think she's into me right now. And it was the DB stare. And I think that's, that's gotten a, a, a bunch of captains. So I think that might be, might have a lot to do with, with this sort of slew, slew, spat, <laughs> I don't know, strew, string. What's the best word I'm looking for, listeners? Just this multitude of men that think that they're going to hook up with DB. And it's quite a range. It goes from the weirdest to the, well, to myself. But enough about that. Let's talk a little bit more about Catfish Beth, her slinking back to the lake floor, out of sight, covered in the, the mud and, and guck at the bottom of the lake. We're not surprised. We're not surprised. And I think you're right when you say that these apps, the potential marinas that come up on these apps, they're almost not even worth mentioning until you meet them. And it goes both ways. You said it too. There was a girl that I was gonna meet up with in Puebla and I was gonna meet up with her and I just didn't. I didn't. That was when I first downloaded, I think it was when I first downloaded Tinder in Mexico. It was in Puebla. There was one girl that I was gonna meet up with. And then I started to focus on the Tlaxcala girl, AKA Vic the bloke, who turned out not being quite a catfish, but also just not being as attractive as I would have hoped. And that, of course, led to a restless, but also sexless night in a bang motel in a small town in Tlaxcala. Really nice town, though. Recommend it. Don't know what it's called, but we recommend it. Um, the tongue-in-cheek broadcasting. Uh, very interesting that you mentioned that, because I, I did kind of want to bring that up. Of course, we, we talk lots about women, men. We're unfiltered, we're raw. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're respectful and things that could potentially be offensive, they're just jokes. They really are. They really are just jokes. So it's important that we, you know, that we make that clear that this is a comedy broadcast. We're both budding comedians. Um, and we will, we do hope to, to blossom either on, on this channel SFG or on another, another outlet, whether it's writing a sitcom, writing material. Um, now that I'm financially unstable, it, it's probably the best option I have of making an income. You know, I compare myself to the majority of stand-up that I've seen in my life, and I think I could compete. I could definitely compete, you know? I could, I could write some stand-up for myself or for someone else. I really could. Or, even better, I could lead an international search party here on Spotify FMA with another comedic genius and anonymously make a respectable income, especially for the responsibility that we have as co-chairs of SFG. Creating raw, unfiltered, unedited, unedited content. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So, sponsors... We're now accepting your offers. 
and Sony, that five to 10 million sounds good. Let's get it up to 15, okay? Because we've got, we've got Yamaha on the other line. I've got Yamaha on the other line right now. And they're, they're trying to get me to 12.5. And I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I don't know what they're gonna, what they're gonna do with this content. I, as far as I knew, Yamaha is mostly, you know, uh, stereo equipment, um, even keyboards. I don't know if they're gonna put these episodes of SFG in their, you know, saved keyboard banks. Um, and you know, number one will be for the least when it's. I don't know if that's for the least, but you get my drift. Number two, that's ET. And you can just listen to a full ET SFG prod podcast or Normancito, number three. So basically, Sony, let's see if you can compete. Um, very interesting in terms of, you know, I, I texted you again today just wanting uh, a reminder of when the spudlings drop. Pavlov and, and his sister. I forget what his sister's name's gonna be, but I, I hope I do start to remember because she's dropping soon and she's gonna, she's gonna be important here in the, SF, the SFG family. Um, you know, a, 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 broadcast, a broadcaster spudling, who knows? Who knows what the future lies? Future holds for her and her brother Pavlov. But interesting to know that a lot of twin spudlings are, are brought into this world via C-section. And I know E.T. was not brought into this world by C-section. He actually thinks that people who were are flawed. I do remember him saying that, you know, oh, most people who are allergic are, were C-section births. Most people that were this were C-section births. And he knows I was a C-section birth. Is he jabbing at me personally? Is he jabbing at his co-chair of SFG, the search party? Maybe, maybe, but I, I take it in stride. I, of course, have that strange C-section stride, a little wobbly, but uh, I take it in stride. And I know that, that most twin spudlings are, are C-section births, but I guess it makes sense. And it was interesting to hear, you know, 12 people in the OR for the spudling C-section. When you first said that, I thought, why is everyone in there? I, I imagine it was family members. Just, oh yeah, you know, well, normal births, you know, you probably just have the dad in there. Maybe Gabriel, maybe one of the new grandmothers, who knows? But for C-sections, for spudlings, you get 12 people in there. You get to choose 12. Oh, well, usually we only let a dad in, but here, we'll get dad, brother, we'll get a second cousin in there. Uh, how many do I have left? Nine? Okay, well, I guess uh, my RJ can even come. Uh, I mean, he's redundant usually, but here he, we even have space for him. But then I realized that the 12 people you're referring to in the, in the OR for spudling C-sections are probably medical staff. That makes more sense. Um, but... Of course, I can't wait. I can't wait for the spudlings to drop. I really can't. I'm so excited. I really feel like a part of the, the, the family over at Torres de Torpe. And it's just exciting. You know, we've got, of course, a new mother. Of course, a new father. But we also have a new grandmother. I'm excited for what your mom's going to, you know, how she's going to feel. It's going to be so amazing for her. I'm excited for, what, for your dad having a, a grand a grandson and a granddaughter. I'm excited, of course, for Chesney to be a new aunt. But really, what I'm most excited about? Uncle E.T. T.O. T.O.E.T. Rolls off the tongue. Really does. 
So very exciting stuff. We can't wait, uh, but we'll have to. We'll have to wait until mid-June. Where will we be in mid-June when the spudlings drop? Will I get the call when I'm in Cairo? Will you have to call into Cairo? Will you have to call into to, to Boston? Could just be Boston. Could be back in Guadalajara. I mean, I love it here. I could be still in the Esquina del Pintor after your seminar. I just, you know what? $50 flight, LX to Guadalajara. I already checked. $50 flight. Let's come back to the Esquina. You can hit me up there. You know, I'll put my palette down, my paint palette. I could be it. I could be the new Pintor. I could be Pintor, Pintorcito. You know, the protege. At this age, I don't know if I'd be a protege. I don't know if a protege can be 29 years old. I think you have to start younger. There were some young kids there, but I could, I could probably intimidate them not coming back to the Esquina. You know, I want to be the protege. I can't have these little guys. I mean, she's, she is giving classes to, I think it's a, I think it's a female, La Pintora. I think it is, but the name still is La Esquina del Pintor, so who knows. Very interesting debate here, a philosophical question that E.T. has raised. And I think we have, it has been the theme of, of, on this very show before. When we're talking about politics, world events, how do we strike that balance between depressing news that we really can't do much with and a responsibility to be educated, try to avoid ignorance, and be able to intervene when you can, if you're knowledgeable enough to do so. Very interesting. And I think my answer to that has to do with the degree of, of agency that we as, as broadcasters have. Of course, we do have, I mean, we're on Spotify FM. We do have a slightly louder voice than most here as world-famous broadcasters. But, you know, do we need to keep up to date with all the tragedies in the world? South Korea, terrible, I, you know, I, I know about that. And I didn't need to know about it, really. And I think that's, that's basically my answer. I didn't need to know about the tragic train crash or bus crash, or I think it was both. It was a bus and a train. It's literally the worst combination of all time in terms of crashes. And it's depressing. It can really change your, you know, your, your, your mentality. It can change, you, we talk about our parents that are constantly drowning themselves in pessimistic, not pessimistic because it is reality, um, just depressing news about depressing political news. I mean, right now my mom is, is really into the George Floyd trial um, and it's, it's borderline traumatic you know, seeing all this, this terrible stuff. And I think our responsibility comes in the degree that we can do something about it. I think it's important to be well-read. It's important to be educated. It's important to try to not be ignorant and to try to, you know, grow as much as you can in terms of your knowledge of how the world actually works and the, the, the grains of sand that you can you can aportar. What's that? What's that in English? You know, what you can do to, to, the little you can do to change the world in a positive way. So, bus crashes and train crashes, I mean, unless you're an engineer and you're working on how to avoid that, you know, train crashless tracks, you don't really need to know about that. You know, I've learned a lot about equality 
and the, you know, the battles, ongoing battles and struggles for gender equality, racial equality, um, ethnic equality, all these things, economic equality. And I hope to be able to have some sort of positive impact on, in, in, in those fights for equality, whether it's working with, um, you know, working on behalf of, of immigrants, you know, fighting for the rights of the immigrant workers or um, specifically focusing on trying to uh, maybe work with men so that they can be conscious of, of how to be an ally in, in gender equality, how to you know, try to work on their own uh, you know, re-socialization, re is that a word? To avoid being machista? I don't know. I really don't know. But I want to stay up to tune, up to date. I want to constantly learn about those things in the degree that I can maybe help one day if I'm knowledgeable enough and capable enough. I also know that I can only help if I'm also balanced, healthy, emotionally and mentally stable, and constantly drowning in negative stories. You know, after a while, even just seeing stories of, of women being killed in Mexico and Colombia, um, stories of, of rape and, and human trafficking, at some point, that becomes almost redundant. As redundant as John, because I know it's a problem. I want to stay up to date with important structural things, but hearing these stories after a while, it's, I'm already motivated enough. I don't need to be more motivated. I, and I don't want to just be completely depressed and, and thus, you know, immobile. You know, basically not less productive because I'm just so washed away in, in grief and, and sadness about all these terrible things. So that's my long-winded answer to what responsibility we have in terms of, you know, monitoring political events, depressing news, etc. Let me know what you think about that. Big ups, you know, we were big ups. I've never said that in my life. We wanted to say big props. We said big ups. Big props. Still have never said that. Still the first time I've ever said that. Um, to our sister station in terms of his change in the pissing law stance. And, and it, it, takes a, it takes a responsible, uh, mature broadcaster to be able to admit that, you know, hey, I've changed my opinion. Um, instead of just hunkering down in, in what I now think is, is a potentially irresponsible, I'm using the word responsible and irresponsible a lot on this broadcast. Let me apologize. Not, not our best broadcast, but once again, we're just getting back into it. We've had a five-day break. A five-day break from broadcasting. It's not easy just to pick it up again. Run with the ball, you know? You got you to gotta get back. You got to learn how to dribble again. And that's why we got to, you know, as hard as it is sometimes to get on the air when we're busy with sun-soaked Easter weekends, maybe we should try to keep the groove because I, I feel like I've lost the groove. I've lost the groove. But the change in the pissing law stance, 
we appreciate our broadcasters' honesty and maturity to say, hey, I've changed, I've changed my stance. I do not want to live in a world where people can piss on the street as long as they can justify that their puddle was big enough. I'm getting a lot of friend requests. Here's Bebecito Garcia Bolivar friended me on Facebook. Bebecito. I don't think I want to be someone who's friends with someone who's called themselves Bebecito on Facebook. Um, the motion to ban. The motion to ban our show note, our explicit mention of our next show note. I agree. I passed the motion. I second it. And it is thus passed unanimously here through the, the SFG board. Uh, we will try, we'll do our best to avoid explicitly mentioning our show notes. I do think our show notes are funny. So maybe we should, at times they're funny. And in 20 years, there'll be, you know, people will be auctioning off our show notes for millions of dollars. The first show notes, this is a 2021 show note from E.T. and Normancito. Unbelievable. SFG, the, the birth of SFG right here, history, SFG history, and thus broadcasting history. So maybe we should get our show notes up on Instagram, something like that. But we do not need to say, I agree with ET, we do not need to say our next show note is. It's just a filler. And we can, uh, you know, we have enough content to fill in these hours without, without fillers like our next show note. So the motion to ban has been unanimously approved. The African slash South American dream. Very interesting. I didn't know that you had always had the South American dream. I have, I did have the African dream. I don't know what it was, whether it was the Lion King. And you know, a lot of it had to do with safaris as a kid. I just thought that a safari would be so cool. I still do. Seen a gorilla. You don't see a gorilla on a safari, but there you can see a gorilla somewhere. And I would love to see a gorilla. Oh my God. Uh, but it would have to be a non-invasive sort of safari. I'd have to know that it's the right people looking at the right animals. But yeah, so it looks like the African dream might be advancing. Might be advancing as soon as June. Just be in at least a little corner of Africa. Why not? I just think it would be so cool to, to go back to Boston in July, having been in, you know, since December. Mexico for five months. Yosemite for a few days. Cairo for a month. Not bad. Not bad. And we really do realize that we have been privileged. Of course, we might have to uh, repay that debt, at least economically, later this year and be on, on shady economic terms. But hopefully not. Hopefully not. Interesting. Interesting story about you telling an old woman to, to eat shit. And I like the way you did it, you know? You could have just said, eat shit, old lady. Which, of course, is the title of the episode that E.T. broadcasted yesterday. But you did it in a very sort of creative way, and I respect that. And I enjoyed listening to the story, and I would have loved to witness it. I really would have loved to be an observer there, you know, on the other side of the street, seeing E.T., Ralphito, and the old lady in question, as E.T. told her to eat whatever she thought Ralphito was doing, which is not only a creative way to tell her to eat shit, but it's also not that offensive because Ralphito didn't actually do anything, okay? Ralphito didn't do anything. If he had, E.T. would have cleaned it up, probably. We're pretty sure. I mean, with her there, yes, 
but she brought that on to herself. I mean, come on, she couldn't even see him. She just saw a little tail. Just assumed that he was shitting. Give me a break. Get out of here, eat shit. Um, broadcaster's high. So I'm not really feeling my broadcaster's high right now. This is just in reference to how, you know, E.T. was also trying to get back into the groove in yesterday's broadcast, and he ended up doing so. We could, we could hear when he hit his groove. We were happy to, happy to listen as it happened. And then he expressed how he felt good after his broadcast. Do I feel that good after this broadcast? Have I gotten my own broadcasters high? I'm right on the cusp, but I don't think I'm gonna get it today. I don't think I'm gonna get it today. I feel like I'm out of the groove, and it's just, it probably is not gonna happen. That's okay. That's okay. There are many more broadcasts to come. I will have that broadcasters high, hopefully tomorrow or the next day. And um, we'll see. But last but not least, my third mushroom experience my first in Guadalajara, and hopefully not my only in Guadalajara. Let that be clear. We might be picking up mushrooms today or tomorrow from one of the dudes that was trying to hook up with, with DB. But Sunday, DB hasn't felt 100%. She's been a little sick. No COVID symptoms, uh, but she's been coughing. <laughs> but it's a different cough. It's a different cough. Um, so she's feeling better now. I feel, I've been feeling good. Oh, it's a hummingbird. Oh, it's right above me. Beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, come on. I was trying to eat that little bug, I think. Do hummingbirds eat bugs? I think this guy's answering that question. It's a little tiny bug, but he seems to be going for it. It's really like three feet away from me. Um, so, DB and I, uh, decided to wait a bit for her to feel better before ingesting the mushrooms. A couple days, give it a couple days. But Sunday she woke up, she said, let's just do it. Let's go to this park. It's probably gonna be empty because it's Easter. DB had already checked out this park. She thought it was nice. Let's, let's take mushrooms there. So we went with a little bag of mushrooms, some snacks, the JBL clip, and a good attitude. We got there, scoped out the bathrooms. There were bathrooms, the park seemed pretty abandoned. We ingested the mushrooms. We had, you know, we first we ate some mushrooms. Oh, here's the hummingbird's back. We ate the mushrooms. Then we gave it about 25 minutes. Didn't really feel too much. Had some of the powder. Uh, then gave it a little bit more time. We ended up eating, consuming all the mushrooms and powder that, that we had. And it was a, probably the lightest of the three trips I've had. You know, our first trip being um, in, what was it, San, I am not remembering the name, uh, San Juan del Pacifico, the second one being Tepoztlan, the third one being in Guadalajara, city center, but in the park. Probably the lightest trip, um, very enjoyable, there weren't any really highlights, I'd say, uh, but it was great, it was great. As soon as we got as we were peaking, the park was also peaking. It really filled up. That wasn't great, but we were never like so, so high to the point of, I mean, I don't think I've ever gotten so, so high, but we were never, we weren't as high as we were the first two times uh, when we definitely wanted to avoid people. This was kind of, you know, in between a micro dose and a normal dose. I'd say it was a normal dose, but um, it was another excellent experience. Um, I can't say I, I had any sort of revelations or anything, 
It was, uh, we had a lot of laughs. We had one kind of creepy experience with this one spider that freaked the fuck out of both of us. And I'm not usually freaked out by spiders, but this one was different. And that was pretty much it. That was Saturday. Nope, that was Sunday. Today's Tuesday. We're already looking to get our hands on some more mushrooms, maybe some weed as well. Although, I don't think I really want to smoke weed. I think I just want mushrooms. And hopefully these next, we, we've got four more nights booked in this place. We initially had two nights booked. We got here yesterday. We said, this place is great. Let's book some more time. Book some more time. Um, DB and I have been enjoying our time together. Today, she actually, as we were walking back, asked, you know, oh, yeah, what, what, how would you feel if I hooked up with someone else? Or like, what, you know, what, what are we doing? Or are we kind of this question? I said, well, it wouldn't feel great if you hooked up with someone else when I was around, when we were hanging out. She said, oh, yeah, definitely not. And neither would I, but, I, you know, I could we kind of this this relationship you talk a little bit but it was just this very realistic talk which I enjoyed having with her about well it is kind of weird because we've been pretty relationshipy when we're together and then we split up so we know that we're not in a relationship of course but we both want to make sure that you know we respect and and are fair to the other person in question so we basically both expressed that we wouldn't want that the you know the other person to hook up with anyone else while we're together and i guess we're probably not going to spend too much time you know with each other in the next foreseeable future but who knows now we thought we left db in oaxaca but we've hung out with her twice since so that's that's a sign we enjoy each other's company we enjoy hanging out we do and it's important that that we respect each other's feelings. So we decided that we wouldn't hook up with anyone else while we're hanging out. And then if we separate, you know, we're not, we, we can, we can, but, you know, might not want to share it with the other person. So that's where we're at. I'm going to go, I'm going to go see if we can, I think we're going to order sushi tonight. There's a two for one sushi deal. And, and DB's a big sushi fan and I entertain her with that. And I actually have been, liking sushi more and more but not as good as the garbanzo curry that we did yesterday just delicious i did the rice mostly so that's it that's it not really feeling the broadcaster's high today unfortunately it just i didn't i didn't get back into the groove you know i haven't yet but we're very confident that we will be back in that groove tomorrow or the next day, whenever our next broadcast is. But until that time, well, listener, you just stay tuned. This has been Normando Feme, live and direct from Guadalajara. Stay safe out there, listeners.